When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh yeah, what's good everybody? Welcome to KGW's 3 on 3 Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez. Jared Cowley on my right. The one and only Max Barr on the ones and twos. Nate Hansen taking the week off because I think he's sad about the way Anthony Simons played in the season opener. So he's recovering right now. Let's hope that he's back and better than ever next week. How are you feeling, Jared? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, Nate tried to defend Simon's performance via text uh, with me today. <laughs> I'm sure he did, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just uh, initial reactions to last night's game, the opener, you know, tipping off season number 50, first game in, in Rip City after what was the most successful season in the past 19 years. Uh, a lot of excitement, anticipation going into it. Yeah, obviously – Blazers fans would have preferred to win, but I think that in this game you saw a lot of things, a lot of positive things that you could take away from the game that maybe give you some hope about the rest of the season, give you some hope that a special season may still be in store. But I think you also saw some things that, that give you areas of concern that that might pop up later in the season and throughout the season that could, you know, not derail this season, but are, are real issues that, that we're going to talk about. Yeah, we'll dive in deep to that because that's the the core of our questions this week. Max, your initial reaction, man, to watching the first game of the season? You know, it was exciting. Um, the streak had to end sometime. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Denver's really good. I think they've got a chance to go very far in the playoffs. And uh, better days are ahead, I believe. 18-game home home opener win streak. I mean, that is something. A, a league best, never yep. been done before. Last time that they had lost before last night was the 2000-2001 season. And I was kind of going through the uh, media guide to just figure out, like, the significance behind that. And it was like, oh, Nasir Little was born in the year 2000. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They lost <laughs> that game. The last time they lost, they lost to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I Back to what Max said, the Nuggets are a very good team. I, I really think... There's no shame in losing to the Denver Nuggets. I think that when you have two good teams play each other, one good team has to lose. And you still come out of that game with two good teams. If the Nuggets had lost, you wouldn't have thought, oh, the Nuggets aren't good. And the Blazers losing to the Nuggets doesn't mean they're not good. It was just two really good teams, a well-played game, 
and one team had to lose. And unfortunately for Blazers fans, it was Portland. Definitely reaffirmed how I feel about the Nuggets and seeing them again, just how deep this roster is. And to your point, even we were talking about this late last night, and it was, you know what? This team could win the West. Yes, absolutely. All right, you guys know the drill. Three questions, three answers. You can find it on KGW.com. So we'll dive right into it. All about the season opener in this one. So we start with the good stuff. What were your positive impressions for the Blazers' season opener, Jared? I think undoubtedly it has to start with Hassan Whiteside. Mm Mm-hmm. His performance was not perfect. I think everyone saw that. But if you told me or anyone that he was going to get 16 points, 19 rebounds, a couple of blocks, knock Jokic out with foul trouble in the first three minutes of the game, play Jokic really well for most of the game, that he was going to make all four of his free throws, six for seven from the field, that's better than I would have expected and I think most could have hoped for. And I think if you get this kind of level of production and this level of effort that you saw from Whiteside for most of the game, if you get that all season long, I think the Blazers are going to be a very good team. Like I said, Whiteside wasn't perfect. You saw in the second half, I think that he was gassed. Mm -hmm. He had ankle injuries in the preseason. He missed a lot of training camp. He said himself after the game that he's, he's not really in game shape. He's been trying to get some more time on the treadmill. So I think he will get there. And if you can see the same level of energy and effort that you saw from him in the first half and at times in the second half, he's going to be really good and impactful for this team. Nate texted me last night during the game, and I quote, Whiteside, Wowzers debut. (laughs) And I think he's right. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard him say the word Wowzers. (laughs) I guess he just saves it for texts. But, uh, yeah, but I, I really liked what I saw for the most part from Hassan Whiteside. It was more than than I expected, and he had a really good game. Yeah, uh, I think I even opened up my answer the same way, which was obviously Hassan Whiteside. Uh, I think he's the guy that everyone was talking about leaving the arena, at least on the positive side, yeah. uh, after the loss. And, I mean, he had a double-double before halftime. Right. If you're and to your point, if they're if they're getting that type of production from him, he he's going to win them games. Yes, based on those type of numbers, and um, even in the locker room, Damian Lillard was talking about he guarded Jokic one on one. Right, not a lot of help, and that's something that uh, Lillard said you don't see a lot of in this league because of how skilled Jokic is, and you started to see Denver go to a plan B by the time the second half started and it was, you know, we need to start spreading the floor a little bit, maybe get him involved, get some screens going to get him some looks. A plan B that worked, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he broke their hearts. But third quarter, heading into the fourth quarter, he had four points. Right. Yeah, Jokic was outstanding in the fourth quarter. And I think that you really saw that fatigue catch up to Whiteside mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. He wasn't closing out on those two back-to-back three-pointers that, that Jokic hit. But I don't think you can... I think you have to remember that he was playing Nikola Jokic. Mm -hmm. We all remember what Jokic did in the playoffs against the Blazers last season. The Blazers won that series, but Jokic was outstanding. He's one of the best centers in the NBA, and Whiteside did go up against him one-on-one. He didn't require help, and I think that opens up, you know, the rest of the Blazers didn't really follow through and play good defense Mm -hmm. around him. But if he's able to defend one-on-one without help against elite centers in the NBA, that's going to help open up the defense for the Blazers where they can 
theoretically get out on three-point shooters and and execute their defensive game plan. And I'm not trying to gas him up all the way, but there were people that are, were picking Jokic as like a dark horse MVP in the league. And so to be that effective and to cause problems against a player like that, that bodes well. That's, that's exactly what the Blazers were looking for when they lost Yusuf Nurkic. They said, how are we going to fill this huge hole? And it's not even just a feeler. Like, he's producing. Right. And I know it's just one game, but man, that's a positive sign of, of good things to come for the big fellow Hassan Whiteside. You know how they always, or there are those who talk about how he chases stats, mm-hmm. including rebounds. Mm-hmm. When I was watching him last night, I like watching him chase rebounds, and I don't understand why it's a bad thing to chase every available mm-hmm. rebound out there. Good rebounding teams are often more successful and and better defensively. And so I understand if you're chasing blocks and not playing sound defense and staying within a team's defensive game plan, but the way I saw him pursue rebounds yeah, that man. he had no right getting to, it, it was fun to watch. There was, yeah, exactly. There was one play, I think it was in the second quarter, where he kind of just muscled his way and bullied everyone out yeah. of the Like, there were bodies bouncing off of him. He comes up with the ball and is able to go back up with it from the ground. And for a guy that's that big to go low and back up top, that's that's uh, that's promising for the Blazers. So it, there's a lot to be excited about with him. Uh, I also put on this on this answer, there were, there were two guys that we discussed last night as well that I really liked. One was Zach Collins, mm-hmm. and the other was Scalabissiere. Um, I think that in terms of bench production, uh, you could say that Scal was the best player off the bench last night, which is crazy uh, to think about with all the players that you have coming off the bench. <laughs> but um, most, he, he most did his of job. Didn't play well. But. Yeah, I mean, uh, but in t- in ten minutes of work, if he's able to to give you that type of line where he's getting eight and six or something in that ballpark, um, that bodes well. Well, Nurk is out, and Pau Gasol isn't an option right now. Um, he's going to be asked to to play. Yeah, you saw that Damian Lillard said that he was the MVP of training camp for the Blazers. Mm-hmm. And I did, I do think he played well last night. I think he held his own. I think in the first half he had some defensive lapses. Mm-hmm. But to get eight points and six boards in 11 minutes, you can't complain about that. Um, he, he was good. And I agree with you. I think Zach Collins, his stats don't jump off the page at you. Mm-hmm. I think eight points, five boards, a couple blocks – but he was so impactful on defense and looked like he belonged out there as a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought he was great. One thing I was impressed with was the entire starting lineup. And I know McCollum, McCollum had a bad shooting night, but mm-hmm. that happens. I'm not worried about that. But And it's one game, and you know we're going to overreact to this one game because it's all we have. But the Blazers' starting lineup of Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Rodney Hood, Zach Collins, and Hassan Whiteside they had an offensive rating of 111.8, which is good. You know, 111.8 points per 100 possessions. Their defensive rating was 77.1, which is crazy. And so they outscored the Nuggets when they were on when those five were on the court together. They outscored the Nuggets by 35 points per 100 possessions. And granted, that was without Jokic, um, but you know they did that. Like Hassan Whiteside was the one who who forced Jokic to to get himself out of the game with foul trouble. And, and that, that starting lineup was just, they looked really good out on the court, and I think that they're going to be a good starting lineup all season. All right, you ready to flip the script here? Yeah, and, let, uh, let's go negative. I'm, I'm curious, so before we do, I'm, uh, Max, we're going to want a little bit more of your input today since Nate isn't here to, to make fun of us. Um, what did you think? What were your positive takeaways from the game? 
Well, Zach Collins did have one uh, number that uh, jumped out to me, mm-hmm. and that was the minutes played, mm-hmm. 31. Yeah, right. Is that right? Yes. That's a good sign, yeah. things to come. That's a positive for him. Unfortunately, my main positive and negative takeaways uh, revolved around the same player, and that's a player you've been talking about, Whiteside. Yeah. If you told me he was going to put up 16, 19, two blocks, make all his free throws, I'm saying, oh, Blazers won that game. Mm-hmm. Right. But they lost. Right. He played He played well on defense against Jokic early, but not late. Right. And gassed or not, you know, you got to be – it's your responsibility as a player to be out there at your best the whole game, in my opinion. So hopefully he can get in better game shape if that was indeed the problem, but – there were some defensive lapses late that caused Jokic to get hot. And there's there's been talk about Whiteside having effort problems. And I think that maybe he was tired last night and maybe he does need to get in a better game shape and we'll see more consistent effort and energy from him. But it was noticeable. You saw when he didn't run down the court on defense you saw when he didn't even raise his didn't arms even raise to, his arms in the post against Jokic. Right, right. And you saw when he didn't close out on both of those three-pointers. You can't leave Jokic open at the three-point line. You have to guard him all the time. So maybe he was tired, but I I mean, it, it kind of lines up with some of the criticism you've heard about Whiteside from outside Portland. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> it <let's>... does. <laughs> that was a beautiful segue into yeah. question number yeah. two. So what do you guys think? What were your negative impressions? <laughs> the dark days, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice uh, quiet moment. Yeah. So your negative impressions from from the Blazer season opener, Jared? Well, it wasn't it wasn't Whiteside. I mean, I think we've talked about that. I think that the positives with him for me outweighed the negatives. Um, but for me, the the two main negative takeaways for me was the play of the Blazers' reserves and the Blazers' three-point defense. And I'll start with their three-point defense. Denver shot 35% from the three-point line last season. Mm -hmm. They were 17th in the league. They're not a great three-point shooting team. They didn't make a lot of changes during the offseason, so you don't anticipate them becoming this elite three-point shooting team in the NBA. But last night, they shot 56% from three against the Blazers, 18 (laughs) for 32. That's... That's unacceptable. Now, sometimes teams just get hot. Mm -hmm. But if you thought, like it seemed to you when you were watching the game, that the Nuggets were open from three all game long, Mm -hmm. it's because they were. Now, last night, Terry Stotts talked after the game, and he said they shot, you know, whatever they shot from three. And he said, I need to go back and look at the film and see how we defended the three-point line. And I went looking for the stats to see how many of the Nuggets' three-point attempts were open last night, and they weren't available yet, but today they were. So out of the Nuggets' 32 three-point attempts, all but one of those attempts were either open, which means no defender within four to six feet, or wide open, which means no defender within six feet. All but one. Mm. So that's, that's just really, really bad defense. And if the Blazers don't fix that, they're going to have a hard time winning games. I do think it's something they can fix. I mean, this team has been a pretty good three-point defense, but they do have a lot of new pieces, so they're going to have to fix that. Their three-point defense was terrible. Um, as far as the bench goes, you've got Kent Bazemore, Mario Hazonia, Anthony Tolliver, Anthony Simons, and Scout Lavissier. 
and that's the in order of the number of minutes those those reserves played together they scored 19 points and made six of 22 shots that's 27 percent they played three minutes together in the first half and then Stotts did not go back to that again he staggered Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in the second half so Mm -hmm. that those five reserves were never on the court at the same time that mm-hmm. they were always on the court with either Dame or CJ. Even in the in the first half, uh, I, I found it interesting how quickly uh, Stotts kind of mixed things up, and it was heavy. I mean, it was Dame out there with all the new guys. It was Bazemore, Labissiere, Hazania, you know, uh, and one of the other guys, uh, one of the other fresh faces on on the team, uh, Tolliver. It was Tolliver. And so I was like, wait, whoa, this is this is a lot to take in. And as soon as that happened, that Blazers 12-point lead turned into a 10-point deficit by the end of the half. Yeah, what you saw in those in the first half, the that five-man reserve unit played 3 minutes together and they were outscored by 67 mm. points per 100 possessions. So like Stotts couldn't go back to it. Right. I mean, that bench unit together and it it's not just the numbers just by the eye test watching the game, they were stagnant on offense. Their sets weren't very crisp. They weren't executing. I mean, it wasn't just that they were missing shots. They were playing bad basketball. I think that Bazemore played really good defense, Mm -hmm. but he does need to make his shots. He was one for seven from the field. He had five steals and he had some other big defensive stops. And I, I do think that he was good. And we talked about Scal as well. He played, he played well also. But overall, the bench has to be much better. You have to be able to trust this bench that even if they're playing with one starter on the court and, you know, three reserves or four reserves or something like that, you have to trust that in those opening minutes of the second quarter and the opening minutes of the fourth quarter mm-hmm. that they're not going to give away whatever lead the starters have, have produced. And last night, it didn't work out like that. Uh, Nate texted me something about this today. He said, this take is a complete overreaction to one game, but a person could argue all the individual concerns for each bench player came to fruition yesterday. Bazemore struggled to make shots, just like last year. Simons and Scal looked inexperienced. Tolliver looked old. And Mario Hazonia was a non-factor. So I definitely think that the Blazers need a lot more production and efficient and effective play from their bench. And I think they need to defend that three-point line. Yeah, you're definitely right with the bench. It was a problem last night. Um, 100% uh, overreaction from Nate as usual. So uh, not surprised by that. But the one thing that, that stood out to me about watching all of those guys play together was that it was what you would expect from having that many new guys on the floor right. together in a meaningful game. Like They were unsure of themselves, where they needed to be, when they felt okay taking a shot, who was going to take that shot, where the, the position on the floor defensively, like their assignments, like you could see it. I mean, to your point on, that, on the eye test, like it was there. I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah, you know this is going to take some time. Yeah. Just like we've, we've talked about all offseason, like, these are the things that don't just come together. And so I was okay with... When we got into the fourth quarter, I said, this is, this is a typical NBA game. It's anybody's to win. It's there for the taking. Yeah. Five minutes to go. Blazers take a one-point lead. So I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm fine with that. Like, these are the growing pains. This is part of it. Like, they have to get through this. I agree with you. If I had to sum up this game in a nutshell, it was Denver made three-pointers and the Blazers didn't. Yeah. And Denver made a lot of them at a high clip. Like, 
uncharacteristically high clip for what the did, for the what Nuggets. Did, what did the Blazers shoot from three? They yeah, were at twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. They were seven of twenty eight. Yeah. So uh, I can forgive a bad shooting night mm-hmm. for the Blazers because mm-hmm. that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, but just, but defensively, they, yeah, defensively the. And it wasn't lack of effort. I think they just got behind in rotation sometimes, mm-hmm. and and there was you know some missed communication. So I don't think it was an effort issue, but they've got to get that you know figured out and sorted out so that they can. Yeah, they they just can't be that bad defensively. Yeah, and when the shots start falling, the confidence grows, and then I mean, and to your point, I mean they're getting open shots. Yeah. So one open shot falls, the next one, it becomes easier and easier. The confidence raises, and in crunch time, it be, it becomes. You, you you don't feel it as much, right. you know, and Jokic just, <laughs> I mean, he torched them. Those yeah. those back to back threes were backbreakers. Yeah, and there's no coming back from that. Um, but the 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 thing that stood out, the biggest thing for me about this game that gives me concern, was closing time, the last five minutes of the game. Like a lot of these NBA games are going to be decided in the final minutes, especially in the Western Conference where teams are all good. So if you slip up, like you mentioned, the uh, blown assignments from Hassan Whiteside, like you've got to get a hand up. Right. You've got to close out. No second chance opportunities. Got to make your free throws. Yep. <laughs> Can't miss layups. Like all of those things matter, and and, and you saw that from the Blazers, um, you know, and, and not pointing fingers at, at just one one person, but that that four final four minutes. I mean, I felt it from the crowd last night with a couple of minutes to go. Everybody left. Yeah, the air went out of the. Building. And there was it was a six point game. And normally you're thinking, okay, all they got to do is get a stop and get a bucket and they'll be fine. Everyone knew they were toast. And so that was my big concern. My big overreaction to one game was how are they going to figure out how to close this? How are they going to figure out how to close games out? Yeah, because the closing lineup they went with last night was Dame, CJ, I think it was Hood, Bazemore, and Collins. And you look at that lineup and you think that should be an, an effective lineup. That's pretty You've good. You've got a lot of outside shooting. You've got defense. But... Yeah, they turned the ball over. They missed shots. They missed free throws. It was just lack of execution all the way down the stretch for the Blazers, and and the Nuggets executed really well down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, maybe a lot of that is just this Denver team is pretty much the team you saw last year in the playoffs. Right. So that continuity is there. They know what they're doing. They understand their roles. Where you have a lot of guys on the Blazers team that are all trying to figure this thing out. Right. And I also just think that again, I mean, I, we shouldn't get down about this game yeah it was, it was one game right. it was a loss it was against one of the best teams in the nba it was competitive it was against a team we know from last season in the playoffs how competitive games between these two teams are i mean mm-hmm. they had a four overtime game in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year so yeah the nuggets won they're really good the blazers lost and they're still really good and they and took three out of four from them in the regular season right, last year exactly so. so i'm not i'm not worried about the loss i think that there are some things the blazers need to to fix but I think that there are things that they can fix. And I think that, you know, other things like you talked about with the bench not really gelling, mm-hmm. I think that will come with time. Mm-hmm. So, And I, I think this four-game road trip that's ahead of them could have a lot of positives for this team. Yeah. A, a lot of off-the-court stuff, a lot of uh, bonding happens when you're forced to be together. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, I know they're all vets, and, and uh, a lot of these dudes are experienced, and they know what it takes to – to win on the road. But even last night, you know, Kent Bazemore had this line where he said, you know, uh, boys win at home, but men win on the road. Yeah. So it takes a lot of growing up to figure out how, how to get these these games. But um, I think a lot of good is going to come from having so many games on the road early in the season. I agree. 
I do think it could be a slow start for the Blazers, though. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm preparing myself for that so I don't overreact <laughs> to that. And I think that... The truth comes out, man. Well, I mean, I think Blazers <laughs> fans should be prefer- prepared for that, too, because if the Blazers... I mean, they have 13 of their next 17 games are on the road. Mm-hmm. You know... That's a lot. 13 of their first 18 games this season are on the road. So this team could start the first 20 games of the season or so around 500. Mm-hmm. And there, if that happens, there's going to be opportunity for a lot of criticism for a lot of second guessing and i think that it's best to try and be patient with this team as they integrate all these new players and figure themselves out on with a very very difficult opening schedule they've got some really good teams that they're playing on the road as well and so like i said i'm preparing myself for that so i don't overreact to it but i think blazers fans should also kind of see that and understand that this blazers team might struggle out of the gate a little bit, but I do think that they have the pieces and the talent to figure it out as they go and still be pushing for 50, 50 plus wins by the end of the season. Max, what was your biggest concern that you saw out of this game? We only have one to go off of. So almost everything we're doing right now is is an overreaction, man. But uh, when you got done watching that game, what was the big thing you said? Oh man, I'm, I'm a little worried about this. I think it was the three-point defense, but I wanted to ask um, both of you guys, what did you think about only 12 minutes for Anthony Simons? I think that with the way he was playing last night, I thought it was justified. You know, he was – he missed a lot of shots, but I also – you saw him hesitate. Mm. And I think with Simons, yes. who you expect him to be one of the top scorers off the bench, he's got to let it fly. You can't be out there hesitating when you've got an open look from three. You know, he had that nice move where he – you know, took the ball in a little up and under and, and the layup. And I think that was like a smart move um, when what he had wasn't really open, so he created something. Um, but overall, I thought that he looked like he was, I don't know if it was nerves or what it was, but he just wasn't quite right. So I think that I, I assume his minutes will go up as the season goes on, but I don't think it was wrong in the moment. I wasn't surprised at all for the first game. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot of these growing pains al- along the way for him. And um, having those valuable minutes is going to pay dividends by the end of the year for a guy like Simons. And I love the word that you used there because he did hesitate. Yeah. And when you're a little gun shy out there, um, it, it tells you that he's just a little, it, the confidence is lacking uh, being out there and, and playing his first real meaningful game. And, uh, I thought maybe after that fast break jam, which was spectacular, yeah. I thought, okay, that might get him going, relax him a little bit. He knows he belongs. Um, but still, the, the shot, once, you know, one shot is off, takes maybe another one, and it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to shoot. I don't want to shoot. And right. that's, that's why he's out there, you know? Like, that is his role is we need you to get buckets during that time span when Dame or CJ or both are, are out. He's got to be able to uh, fill it up. Yeah. Because his defense isn't very good right now. Mm-mm. Yeah, he got at beat. this point in his career, and I think that if he's not out there at least scoring as many points as he's giving up, then it doesn't really make sense for him to be out there. There's also not a lot of minutes for him. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Damon CJ who are playing 36, 38 minutes a game. You got Bazemore who I think is going to be pushing 28, 30 minutes a game. So there's not a lot of minutes left over. Mm-hmm. So I think that his he's probably going to be between 10 and 20 minutes per game all season long. Yeah, just looking at the statue, Bazemore had almost 25 minutes there. Yeah. So, yeah, just logically, 
he's got to be hitting shots. Yep. Or there's not. He's got to make time. He's got to. He's got to earn that time. So yeah, first game. I, I'm not surprised by by what we saw out of him. You know it's there, and it's it's going to take him some time to just get comfortable. Like this dude is so young. Yep. So yeah, these are the minutes here that that he needs to get though. And there's going to be some games where he's going to blow us away, and we're going to be we're going to be asking Stotts to give him more playing time. Right. All right. It's time for our predictions. So we mentioned we're going on the road three games this week until you know we meet again. They're all on the road. We start with uh, Sacramento Friday, Dallas Sunday, San Antonio on Monday. So which games did the Blazers win? Which games did the Blazers lose? I've got the Blazers going two and one in the next three games. Um, you know, if you saw the Kings, now it might have been, Max and I were talking about this before the podcast. I don't know if it was more that the Suns played so well or that the Kings played so poorly, but the Kings stunk it up in their season opener. They lost by 29 points to the Suns. They were really sloppy. They turned the ball over 29 times. They shot below 40%. They played no defense. I don't think that the Kings are going to suddenly get better against the Blazers on Friday. Plus, we've got a little bit of breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd be able to hold it in. (laughs) <laughs> Guys, uh, so Marvin Bagley, he's the starting power forward for the Kings. He is out for what, four to six? Four to six weeks per what, Shams. What's the injury? Uh, broken right thumb. Hmm. So that's that's a big loss. He's one of their best best players. And then also Buddy Heald, their starting shooting guard, he did not practice today. Uh-oh. We don't know what his status is for Friday's game, but just not having Bagley is you know one more player that – you know, a good player that the Blazers won't have to contend with. So I've got the Blazers beating the Kings. Um, the Mavericks game, I, I think the Mavericks are good. They beat the Wizards in their season opener. Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis were, were good. Mm-hmm. They combined for 57 points and 13 rebounds. But beyond those two, I'm not really sure what their talent level is. I think that the Blazers overall are a better, more talented team. And regardless of what we saw from the bench last night, I think the Blazers are a deeper team. So I'm going to pick the Blazers to beat the Mavericks as well. The next night, first back-to-back game for the Blazers, they play the Spurs on the road. If you remember, the Spurs were 32-9 and at home last mm-hmm. season. So I'm going to give that one to the Spurs. Yeah, I uh, I have it the, the same way. It's a 2-1 and one type of week. Um and I picked them to beat the Kings, not even because of all of the breaking news we had, but yeah. uh, they're just not as good as the Blazers. And I know I heard uh, C.J. McCollum, he was on Jim Rome this morning, and he was talking about how impressed he is with the bottom half of the, of the Western West. Conference. Yeah. And it shows you how deep it is, and they could slip up against teams like that, that you know you probably don't have that problem as much in the Eastern Conference, right. where you know your automatic games, you, you don't necessarily have to show up the way you do in the West. Um, but maybe that changes this season. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're beating the Kings. And um, Dallas, Dallas, I went back and forth with just because I think back to, like, the Luka shot game. Right. You know, like, there are just moments where they've played really tight yep. a- against them. So I think it's going to be a close game um, based on one game <laughs> of, of this regular season. But um, I do think that the Blazers will prevail. And then I just looked at it and said, you know what? It's the second of a back-to-back on the road. The Spurs have been really good at home. Um, I'll give San Antonio the nod on this one. So a 2-1 road trip. 
Yeah, Nate, he's on vacation, like we said, so he texted me his picks for the next three games, and he has it exactly, exactly the same. He has the Blazers beating the Kings and Mavericks and losing to the Spurs. He texted, I struggled with the Mavs game, but I think the Blazers have more depth than them, and then he followed that up with, Anthony against the Kings, watch out with the eyes emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Flashbacks to last season, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all the same on our picks. What about you, Max? What do you think um, about these upcoming games? I'll go one and two. One and two. I'll say they lose to the Mavericks. Wow. Porzingis. Yeah, he looked Whiteside good. could struggle with him. That's true. We'll see. He's not closing out on those three-pointers. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about a lot last season about games like this, and these are the kind of games that you need to win if you want to be a serious contender in the West. And I think that all three of these games, but especially the games against the Kings and the Mavericks are those kind of games. Neither of these teams are expected to make the playoffs. Even on the road, these are the kind of games that the Blazers need to win if they want to achieve their goals this season. The Mavs think they can push their way into the playoffs this year. They do. Let's uh, see if the Blazers push back. Yeah. I like that, man. These are games they're supposed to win? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's it's a little different because we don't completely know what to expect from this team because of all the new pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, it was easy to say that last year because you knew what the team was and you knew what they needed to do to reach the level they wanted to. And I just don't know exactly what to expect from this team right now because you're still getting used to, to so many new players and acclimating and learning how to play together. So I think to your point, you know, like this is a team that, that could be 500 early on, Absolutely. you know, because of those growing pains. And I think there are going to be games along the way where you're just scratching your head like, what's going on with this team? Like, why why are they playing this badly? Right. And then the next night, think, okay, they're on pace to be right in the mix come postseason time. So a lot of that just tells you they're figuring things out. And I think Terry Stotts is going to tinker a lot like he did last year where he's kind of figuring out, okay, what does he have? Where where are these guys' best positions to be successful? And so last night um, was the first example of Stotts doing that, and it didn't work. (laughs) And we still have – we still know so little about this team with just one regular season game. Mm -hmm. And even by this time next week when we've got three more games under – you know, the Blazers belt, we're still not going to know a lot about what this team really is and how it's all going to come together. And it could be that they, they lost this game to a really good Nuggets team and then they look great against teams that they're better than the next couple games and, and get some wins. Or it could be, like you said, we're surprised and they, they struggle out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we really know at this point. But, man, that was a lot of fun to have basketball back in Portland. Yes. Um, there, there was, there's just something different about a season opener here in Portland um, people get up for it, man. Like I felt it all day. It felt yeah. like a holiday. How was the crowd? It was good. Yeah. It was good. I mean, if you ask Hassan Whiteside, it was one of the best right. of his <laughs> career. Um, not one of the best, but, but it was the best. And if you, if you talk to, uh, Kent Bazemore, he's like, he basically felt like I can't wait for this place to explode. Yeah. Like we had this game and I think if we would have done something, we, I, we would have really felt that. Right. He's like, so I'm looking forward to that this season. Um, so it was it was cool to hear from the new guys about what that first experience was like to play a game here in Portland. Yeah. But yeah, it it definitely felt that way. Even we got uh, to the Moda Center probably about three or four o'clock, and it's just it's fun to see people show up and they're taking pictures in front of the Rip City. Uh, 
it's just different than any other game until the playoffs roll around, you yeah. know? And so that is always fun. I look forward to it every year. And other than the results, I mean, I thought it lived up to the hype, you know? It was a lot of energy in the building that basketball is back, and yeah. we love it here in Portland. It was a good game. It was a fun game and an entertaining game. Guys, you all know what time it is. It's time for our favorite podcast game. Let's just say it is the best podcast game of all time. It's called Rip It. Max Barr, he is the host of Rip It. Take it away, Max. Let's rip it, guys. The NBA season is back, and the Rip It season is about to tip off. Yes. That's right. I got to say, I had that song stuck in my head like all week. (laughs) As you should. As we all should. As you, the listener, should. Uh, Guys, we have nothing to recap from last week, so we're going to dive right in. Five questions, one champion. Let's do this. I do have Nate's answers for this week. Nice. So don't worry about that. He's going to get all of them wrong. <laughs> it's hard to play Rip It on the road. Let me just tell you. <laughs> That's you right. You've had the most the experience. Road, you? <laughs> you you won without even knowing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into it. We're starting with Blazers at Kings. Real simple. More assists, Damian Lillard or De'Aaron Fox? Jared, what do you think? Let's go with Dame. Oh, I'm going Dame. You, you guys is breaking news there, man. Who's De'Aaron Fox going to pass to? <laughs> That's a good point. Nate also went with Dame. All right. Moving on, Blazers at Mavericks. Which team will make more three-pointers? Orlando, what do you think? Oof. All right. Well, we're going off of recent history, I guess. <laughs> Can the Blazers get hot from three? <laughs> and the Blazers being on the road? No, I'm not taking the Blazers. <laughs> you going Mavs. Jared, what are you doing? Yeah, just to mix it up, I'll go with the Blazers. Love right. it. Love it. And Nate is fading the Blazers, <laughs> taking the Mavs. That's the Nate I know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Next question, same game. Which duo will score more combined points, Dame and CJ or Luca and Kristaps Porzingis? And Nate is going with the Mavs duo of Luca and KP. Mm. Orlando, what do you say? I'm going Dame and CJ, man. I like it. Yep. Jared? I'm going to go with the Mavs duo as well. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. There's going to be a front runner next week. Going against your prediction <laughs> of a Blazers win. Yeah. He's some, all in on Whiteside, man. There's something about Doncic against the Blazers. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Flashbacks, man. Yep. It's haunting you. All right. Let's move on to Blazers at Spurs. Which total will be greater? Rebounds by Hassan Whiteside or points Scored by DeJounte Murray. Ooh, that's good. I'm intrigued. I'm I believe def- he had 18 in the Spurs opener. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Whiteside. Ooh, okay. Dude, he collects yep. boards in bunches. Man. Nate is going with Murray. Ooh. Orlando, well, what do you say? You said? just sealed the deal, man. I'm going Whiteside. <laughs> All right. I gotta pick against <laughs> go Nate. Against man. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That brings us to the wild card question of the week. My favorite part of the week. It's where legends are born. That's right. This is where I win. <laughs> Over under. Total steals in the next three games for Kent Bazemore. Oh, this is good. Uh-huh. 
This is good. And I'm putting the number at seven and a half. Seven and a half. Wow. That's a little more than two per game. Anyone want to jump in? He got five in, he in got, game one. And I, he had eight in a preseason game, right? I've been seven. on seven. Okay. Yeah. I've Might been well on the, the, the Baysmore hype train. I can't slow this thing down now. <laughs> this, this is over, baby. Oh, I love it. I'm going to go under. Oh, oh come on. Jared. He had those seven steals in the preseason opener, and then he ended up averaging about three steals per game in the preseason, but it was because of those seven. So he gets them in bunches. Boo. Yeah. Um, Nate. You can probably guess where he's going under. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pessimist. Yeah. All right. That's it for this week's Rip It. Ooh. We'll find out how you guys did next week. Oh, it's so crispy. <laughs> Man. All right. Hey, Jared, uh, where can people pick up the podcast? Well, I just ripped my script. So, <laughs> uh, Guys, please subscribe to the 3 on 3 Blazers podcast. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much Wherever you find your podcasts, go look for it there. You'll find it. While you're there, please leave us a rating and a review. We want all of your five-star reviews, every single last one of them. And if you have friends and family who love the Blazers, tell them about 3 on 3 Blazers. Tell them it's a great podcast and they should listen in. Also, where can people find you guys on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Jared Cowley. Max? Yeah, you can follow me at Max N. Barr. Say hello. You can find Nate at nhands underscore KGW, and I'm at Orlando KGW. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll be back better than ever. See you.